This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Hello and welcome back to the City Report podcast. I am Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. I'm delighted to say autumn, or as you would say, fall, has officially hit Manchester. I'm sat in, I've got the window shut for the first time in months. I've got a candle on, I've got a big jumper on, I'm feeling the chill and I have never been happier for it. I am very happy for you. We are still in what they're calling October here. Um, (laughs) Every single day is like smashing the previous record for Uh. how hot it was on this day. Um, we've still had highs in the like mid eighties, which is, I believe like the twenties in Celsius. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I've, I've consistently told you that we live in an area that has very similar weather to Manchester about 10, 10 months out of the year. It's, you know, in the fifties and rainy, which Mm. is like, what, like in the low teens, I guess, Celsius maybe, um, Hasn't rained much yet. We've had a couple of days of rain maybe, but it, it normally this time of year is like the gray clouds move in and they don't leave until, you know, next June or July. Um, mm. But we're still getting all sorts of heat. So hopefully it's slowing down here soon because it's uh, destroying my mental health. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. The only person whose mental health is is the opposite because you get seasonal depression, don't you? Your seasonal I depression hate the is, sun. I yeah. Hate your seasonal depression so much. comes in summer. Yeah, the, the the telling point for me this week was so last last weekend, obviously City were at home against United. I had the I had the a pair of jeans on. I had the same coat. I had the same trainers on that I wore this weekend. The difference being, I had a jumper. 
I had a scarf and I, I, w- I would have had gloves, but I, would I saw that, that that nice little yeah. scarf you had and yeah. picture in front of the, uh, the pet mural. Yeah, that was nice. It was weird. We were walking back to Manchester after the game and, and could see this sort of commotion and obviously knew it was there. But, um, but yeah, a, a mural that was commissioned, I, can't, I don't know if it was by the mental health charity, or it's definitely there to support and raise money for, uh, I think the, the charity's called Papyrus, possibly. Um, but yeah, it looks good. It looks nice. I, I find stuff like that a little bit Liverpool-y, um, if that makes sense. Um, that's the sort of stuff you see on Merseyside. But no, it, it, it brightened it up and, and hopefully it can stay without being vandalised. Um, I had a good weekend. Uh, it started on Friday. I met the the writer from Gavin and Stacey, which for UK listeners will know exactly what that is. You have no idea, but I'd, I'd urge anyone who doesn't to go and watch the UK version because there is a, an American one. Uh, that was on Friday, uh, Saturday, um, football, Sunday, just watching more football as well. My weekend was good. How was yours? It was uh, it was good. Um, lots of good football on. Uh, unfortunately, my uh, my Timbers season came I to an end that. in yeah. horrid, horrid, horrid fashion. Um, but yeah. if anybody knows about the off the field goings on around my club, will will understand that it's probably the best thing to just get the season done with. Um, mm. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a rough ending to the season. It was. Um, very similar to City's Champions League semifinal against Real Madrid in 2014. Would that have been? Yeah, 13, 2014, 13 15, maybe? 2014-15. Yeah. Uh, there we go. So um, where just just had one game to cover ourselves in glory and got mm. smashed 3-0 and maybe had like a couple shots on goal. It, yeah. was, uh, yeah, it, was, it was rough. But other than yeah. that, good weekend all around. Nice, nicely done. Um, right, okay, before we get into the football, um, administration purposes, Instagram, keep going over and following that, at City Report Pod, same handle as our Twitter and TikTok. Um, Adam and I are both on Instagram, we're both on TikTok and we're both on Twitter as well, obviously. I think that's that before we get into it. Um, before we go to, to um, Saturday's match, just wanted to pick up on another football story from this week and a, a non-City football story, thankfully. But that is obviously being the Ica Casillas tweet. Now, for those who weren't aware of what happened, it was uh, around midday, early afternoon, on Sunday afternoon. Casillas, obviously former Real Madrid goalkeeper, former Spanish national team goalkeeper, winner of multiple Champions Leagues, winner of a World Cup, yeah, a, a, a true icon of football, tweeted from his account that he'd come out as gay, or at least it, it appeared to have done so. Um, about an hour passed by, plenty of people were rightly commending him for the, the bravery that he'd shown and praising him for coming out and sort of saying, oh, you know, isn't it sad this industry has to wait until a former professional footballer retires to do so, blah, 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 blah. blah. But then, like I said, about an hour went by and, and he deleted the tweet before it came out he had been joking about doing so, although the official line from Casillas was that his account was was hacked, but it, it takes anyone with a working brain to work out that probably wasn't the case. There's also another side to it with Carlos Puyol, uh, Puyol, Carlos Puyol replying underneath it saying, um, I think it was translated to time to tell our story with, with some sort of um, speculating that he was perhaps coming out as well. But like I said, it, it, it came out that it was all one big fat joke. Now, I say this, Adam, and uh, I don't speak for you, but we're in similar positions as straight white men in relationships with with, with women, um, but it crushed me. 
I say that as someone who's never faced any discrimination of any sort in terms of race, gender, sexuality or, or, or whatever, but I found it crushing. And I can only imagine how it must be for people who are gay, who are involved in football or follow football, to see an icon and a legend like Casillas using sexuality as a cheap joke in a public forum only to about an hour or so later go, mm, no, actually, yeah, I balls that up. I was only taking the mick, everyone. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, frankly, it's it's disgusting, and and there was kind of you know some rumblings pretty quickly from from cynics that it's something about it didn't feel right um, when when the tweet came out, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's you know in a time when it's still for awful reasons, it's still extremely difficult and um, takes an insane amount of courage for not only footballers, but anybody to come out as gay. I mean, it's still, you know, not even widely accepted in, in everyday society. And we talk about here when we talk about, you know, issues with racism on this podcast, that football is just a, you know, a mirror image of society. Um, but when you think about footballers who subject themselves to, you know, thousands of people, thousands of critics every single day, they step, they step foot on a field. It's, it, it almost takes more courage for some of these footballers who then go and they they fill themselves, they surround themselves with stadiums full of people that dislike them for the team they're playing for, and they add on top of that this what some people perceive as ammo and and to have you know non-gay footballers come out and make a joke out of what is an extremely difficult situation for people to come out, especially for footballers, as I've said. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's horrible and. Um, what a way to, to, to tarnish your legacy Two players that are, you know, widely revered and, and loved by many, many football fans. And, um, it's just horrible from them. And, and you don't expect that from, from the two of them as well. You think of them as kind of, especially Puyol, you know, a Barcelona captain. And, um, yeah, I, th- I thought the whole situation was disgusting. Yeah, I, c- I completely echo that. I completely echo that. And it, it's perhaps the, um, I don't know, the stupidest tarnishing of a legacy I've ever seen. I mean, if, if two 12-year-olds did this in school, it, you'd go to them, that's ridiculous, why are you doing that? Let alone two, um, two, two sort of, I don't know the exact ages, I presume they're in the 40s, but like I said, legends of football, legends of the game. And it was met with, with um, understandable widespread criticism. I was listening to Lucy Bronze, obviously now of Barcelona, formerly of Manchester City women's team, in her pre-match conference ahead of, uh, I think it's a friendly they've got this week against the Czech Republic. Um, she was just saying, it's ridiculous. It, it, it's, it, it's astonishing and it just show, goes to show how far we actually do have to go in the men's game. Because in the women's game, there is multiple, multiple examples of... Um, Women footballers who are who are in relationships with each other, and some are in the same team, some are a, a sort of across different teams, and 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 it's just it's there's not a stigma, there's not a taboo. Whereas in the men's game, I mean, you can list the number of openly gay professional footballers on one hand, and and one of the first obviously was Josh Cavallo last year, who, who's an Australian, and he rightly slammed it. He I think he labelled um, Ika Casillas beyond disrespectful or something like that, and and it's stuff like that, you know, the courage people. Um, Professional athletes have to go to go and to go and, and come out as gay, as Josh Cavallo spoke about. I think it was last year he came out. It, it's just it, it's so saddening. And I mean, I've, you mentioned it there. We, we've always always tried to make this podcast 
as safe a space as possible. And, and I guess many might point to City's ownership and, and the issues there and call us contradictory or call us hypocrites, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe down the line, we should do a podcast sort of addressing those issues and, and where we stand and what, what we can do or whatever. Um, that, that's maybe for another day. But but in terms of this, if there's anyone that took that news badly or is looking for a safe a safe space themselves, give us a shout. The the, the DMs on the Twitter account, the DMs on the Instagram account are, are all open. And, uh, my DMs are open. I'm sure yours are too, Adam, for anyone like that. And yeah, just a, a really shitty move. A really, really shitty move. Um, right, to the Etihad Stadium then. Manchester City 4, Southampton 0. Goals from Cancelo, Foden, Mares, and of course, Erling Haaland giving City another three points. Pretty sleepy first half, pretty sleepy second half, pretty sleepy game overall. We won't be spending a lot of time on this by any means, Adam, but takeaways from the game itself on the pitch. We'll do a little bit of chatting about stuff that happened off the pitch beforehand, but in terms of the, the fixture itself, what were your biggest takeaways from Southampton nil? Oh, sorry, Man City 4, Southampton nil. I mean, I guess the biggest takeaway is that it's a game that this team didn't win last season. Yeah, um, you yeah. know, home and away, drop drop points both times. Um, you get a big emphatic win. Um, I think the you know the big controversy going in was obviously Riyad Mahrez being in the team over Jack Grealish. We can chat a bit more about that in a minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, a fabulous Cancelo goal, fabulous Cancelo performance mm. in general. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you, you and I spoke off air, and I didn't even want to utter one single word about this game because th- this game is playing out every three days at the moment. So we've kind of said these things over and over and over. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, you got to be pleased just given the fact that that we dropped points against Southampton on on two separate occasions last year, and um, it's another it's another game ticked off. Uh, and that's that's all I can say, really. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we don't want to be negligent. We don't want to turn our backs on it. But I mean, there isn't a lot to say, is there? It was it was a rudimentary four nil victory for City. You could perhaps say that they, for consecutive games and, and a number of weeks now, took the foot off the gas when the game was won. But that's sort of in a World Cup year to be expected, and, and to sort of to be understood as well. You know, City don't have to be going and blowing teams away 9-0 every week. Um, although Southampton, if you're going to do that, would be the team to do it against. Like I say, though, they were a team City didn't take any victories against last season in the league, at least. There was obviously that FA Cup win. And that's a, a stepping stone. Um, whether or not those four teams City didn't beat last year are replicated. Obviously, Newcastle and Aston Villa uh, have been able to take draws off City. City have been able to beat Aston Villa and Southampton, the two teams so far they've played that they didn't last season. So um, we'll see uh, uh, this weekend against Liverpool. That's, that's another team City didn't beat. So it'll be that, that'll sort of be the, the latest yardstick. But yeah, Cancelo then, I suppose, he's if we're going to pick a talking point, he's probably one of them on the pitch at least. Superb performance and obviously scored that that first goal, which was a little bit for me like a kid playing FIFA on easy mode, just deciding that the not or, or maybe not uh, FIFA itself, but sort of like um, what's it called where you where you one player uh, pro clubs is that right? I sound like a real old man where you play with your mates, but you only have one player. I'm getting a nod. I'm getting a reassuring nod. Um, it was like I, you, I think it's I don't I don't know it if it's pro pro clubs. clubs that, I'm thinking it is where you only control one player. 
Um, I know you can do it on career mode as well. It's been yonks since I played any form of FIFA. Um, but yeah, it looked no clue. Like, yeah, it looked like he was just a, a sort of taking it into his own hands. I suppose is a better way of putting it. And and yeah, he sort of evolved. We were just speaking before, weren't we? How long it's been since Cancelo sort of turned into this world class, world beating fullback, and how it's not actually his, his sort of quote unquote natural position, but how now it just seems so naturally he's performing out of his skin, a goal and an assist. And yeah, another superb performance from one of the league's best performers over the last 18, 24 months. Yeah, I mean, for Cancelo to score that goal with his off foot, a goal in which probably 98% of the world's population can't score with their strong foot uh, <laughs> is is pretty incredible. But, you know, with Cancelo playing on the left, I actually think it suits him really well because... He is so technically sound. And when you think of an overlapping fullback playing on the side of their strong foot, for instance, Cancelo playing on the right, I think it kind of limits them and what Mm. they can do because their only option is to kind of go to the byline and and whip in across. Um, Whereas Cancelo, with with him playing on the left and being right-footed, he has the full width of the pitch inside of him in which he's on his strong foot and can, can attack all that space. So... For a player that good, it's really, really useful, I think, to have him with his off foot on the left side. Mm. Um, whereas if you put Kyle Walker on that side, you don't necessarily want him cutting inside and and you know running things like a midfielder. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's superb. And um, the good news for him as well is he can get into his national team because he can also defend. Yeah, yeah. Um in terms of Cancelo, not, then. not that I'm taking shots at anybody there. <laughs> yeah, but. no, I know that that was very brutal. Um, in terms of in terms of Cancelo, then I, I mean, if anyone's listening to this, like I said at the top, we're we're both in relationships ourselves, happy happy successful relationships. Anyone who's searching for love, um, here's a bit of advice: find someone who loves you as much as Cancelo loves the outside of his right boot. What is it with that man and outside of the boot passes? Because actually, you know, come to think of it. I say this as someone whose um, professional football career stretches to to or is limited to watching in the stands. The closest I ever came to sort of any sort of high level football was the what would it have been for me? Year ten county cup school final, which uh, the Kingsway School in Cheetah, which is where I went, um, lost on penalties, and I was actually next up to take a penalty and never got a chance to, which I still rue to this day. Um, but outside of the boot. So for me, anyway, when I look at a player who always uses the outside of the boot, it sort of says to me, you're not good enough to use your, your weak foot. But there's something about Cancelo and that that pass that he just absolutely loves and it works so well. And I mean, long may he continue because it looks so good. And uh, and he, he pulls it off quite well. I think it's just the kind of thing that if you can do it, you do it. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. might as well do it because you can. And it's it's difficult to defend because it's not what a defender is going to expect. You know, maybe he, he does it enough that it becomes expected. But um, most defenders aren't going to assume that you're going to go with the outside of your boot. And, and he does that and, and puts it on a plate. So, yeah, unbelievable, man. I, I'm He's another one of those players that I, I would put Vinny in this category probably that watching them celebrate a goal scored by anybody, whether it's him or any of his teammates, is incredible. There's nobody that celebrates on this team like Kinsella. No. No, and and there's a there's a few examples, isn't there, from last season as well as this one where he loves it. 
he absolutely loves it and I, and obviously touch wood it never happens but if he was to ever get injured I'd expect to see him in the south stand with the scarves with the flags bouncing up and down almost like a, a sort of capo leading the chance that sort of the, the sort of passion he shows um right finally on Saturday's game then uh, you didn't mention it a little bit before but there's a little bit of a furore as there always is pre-match with City and lineups and stuff like that. We had it last weekend with the Manchester Derby. We had it again this weekend um, and it surrounded Riyad Mahrez getting the nod ahead of the inform Jack Grealish. There was a little bit of frustration around that decision. People saying that Jack Grealish has earned his place in this team. Now, for me, I interpreted it completely different. I saw it as a, as a case of Jack Grealish having played Apart from injury, I'm pretty sure when he's been available every single game this season, or at least a part in every single game this season, he's been fantastic. He doesn't have a point to prove it. Well, you know, he never had a point to prove for us. But for some people, there was that sort of underlying um, frustration with him. Whereas the last few performances, particularly in midweek against Copenhagen, he was superb, unplayable at times. And it was just a little bit of rotation. People were using the word dropped. Now, for me, I interpret dropped as your performance has led you to be taken out of the team in a negative way. For me, it was just absolutely players are going to players are going to have to be rotated. If it had been Cole Palmer coming in for Riyad Mar- uh, for, for Jack Grealish, I wouldn't have been surprised. The fact it was Riyad Mahrez, it didn't raise my eyebrows. It raised some people's eyebrows, and it annoyed a few people, which is. Um, Sort of, we've come to get used to it, I suppose, in the build-up to matches, but still a little bit of a a weird one. I think it goes under that category, a weird one. Look, there's a lot of dummies out there, especially (laughs) online. Um, We're in year seven of Pep Guardiola, Mm, season seven of Pep Guardiola, and we're just now figuring out that he rotates teams i'm not sure how it's taken some yeah. people this long look it, we're in a we're in a period of the season in which they're going to play every you know kind of 56 hours for 2 months mm-hmm. um and players have to be rotated and 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 a guy like riyad mahrez and, and you know i think the the big issue here right is that riyad mahrez has started the season in poor form jack Grealish is in really good form at the moment Mm. were they you know both contributing at the same level then maybe there wouldn't be such an uproar but the way i see it is riyad mares is an extremely pivotal player in this team when he's on form we saw that against southampton he played well he got his goal he was at the heart of a lot of things that city did in attack you eventually need to get him going you can't just keep saying Eh, not playing very well. Let's go with Phil and Jack because mm. you're you're playing every three days. You've got to eventually get some of the depth guys going, especially a guy that was the leading scorer on the team last season. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Um. So Southampton at home after while while the rest of the team is is in really good form. Holland around him, Kevin De Bruyne around him, Phil Foden. I think it was the perfect game to put Riyad Mahrez in and just start to get him going and get mm. more minutes into his legs and, and try and get him kind of onside again. Um, I had no issue with it. I mean, would I have loved to see Jack Grealish continue to play the way he's been playing? Absolutely. But to see Riyad Mahrez get back on the score sheet and add potentially another in-form weapon. I mean, he's not there yet. He probably needs another 90 minutes or you know 120 minutes or something. Um, but to get another weapon going is just going to make this team better. And there's no reason to say we've got these 11 guys that are playing well 
forsake everybody else because mm-hmm. that's not how this team is going to be successful. This team is going to be successful by having 15, 16 informed players that they can they can turn to. Um, so yeah, I had no issue with it. My my issue was the reaction to it, and I just thought it was a bunch of uh, dummies and morons. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I said on Wednesday's show that Amarez goal this season was a wasted goal, and he's now got two for the campaign. And you spot on with the World Cup um, on the horizon. I think it's six weeks to go. Obviously, Haaland won't be there, but in terms of City's other senior forwards, I exclude Cole Palmer from that for now. He's the only one who will not be competing. And when you come back from the World Cup, having players who have been rested, albeit how long that rest may be beneficial, he's up for debate. Um, it, it's it's going to be important for Mares to be informing. And, and games like this are going to help him. I assume he'll play a bit on Wednesday night against Copenhagen as City look to book their place in the knockouts for Champions League again. Um, but we'll wait and see. I guess we'll leave it there for part one. We'll be back in a moment in part two, where we'll chat about Erling Haaland's release clause and what that might mean for City going forward. He's only been here two months, Adam, but predictably there is chat emerging about Erling Haaland and how long he's going to spend at City. Obviously, another goal against Southampton. Um, There's literally nothing to speak about that goal. It was your 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 trademark Erling Haaland goal by now. In fact, if you put his goal from Manchester Derby, the hat-trick one, and the one on Saturday next to each other, it's literally identical, cut back and smashed in. Um, So that's one to watch. But, But there is that chat, isn't there now, emerging about how he is inevitably at some point going to leave for one of the two La Liga giants being Barcelona or Real Madrid. There was a news report last week hinting that Haaland has a release clause in his contract. It was something that was mentioned when he signed for the club and and some details came out about it, namely the fee, which is supposed to be around £200 million or or in the region of £200 million, starting after, I think it's the third year of his contract, which would obviously make City a pretty profit if it was to be activated, but also put Haaland amongst the most expensive transfers in football history. It was no surprise, the noise that has emerged about this. You know, it was the same as soon as he started scoring goals at Salzburg. It was the same as soon as he started scoring goals at Dortmund. And it will likely be the same for as long as he's at City as well. Yeah, and I mean, this was kind of one of the sticking points when he was looking for a new club. Um, When his release clause became active at Borussia Dortmund, um, there was reports that Real Madrid weren't willing to put a release clause in his contract. Because I think... What people need to understand is this release clause wasn't for him to get out and go to Real Madrid. It's for him to have control over his own future yeah. wherever he goes. Um, so, you know, we had the reports from his father leading up to the Manchester Derby that, you know, he said something along the signs of, uh, along the lines of, my son wants to, you know, play and dominate in every league in Europe. Um, that doesn't mean that he's going to leave in two seasons. Um, you know, I think we've seen with plenty of players in the past at City, like Sergio Aguero, David Silva, players like that, that um, you know they come to City, and and while there might be what many in the outside world perceive as as greener pastures elsewhere, a lot of players that come to this club don't see it that way, and mm-hmm. and it's a great club to stay at for a long time because you um, you know you'll be cherished by the fans and. Um, you know, the club kind of uh, it does a really good job at, at helping players ease into later years in, in, in their career. We've saw it with David Silva, Sergio Aguero. Obviously, with Aguero, there was, you know, 
some controversy over where he might go. Um, but yeah, I mean, this doesn't really worry me that much because if he goes, he goes. If he stays, that's great. If he stays, he's going to smash every single record that's ever existed mm-hmm. in the league and at the club. That That's the one thing is like, I, I'd like to see him stay for the records, but I mm-hmm. have never been a, pl- a person that gets attached to players. <laughs> I support a club yeah, and players play for that club. They play for other clubs. I don't think of them as, you know, I don't think of them as like me, that they have some loyalty to a club that I, that I must have. Um, so I might be in the minority there, but uh, if he goes and he makes the club a, a huge profit, they'll spend that money well, most likely, and they'll get another good goal scorer and probably not like him, but there's not really anybody else on earth like him. So I'm feeling pretty calm about this situation, I, I'd have to say. Are you saying you don't have a Erlin Haaland season stan account on Twitter where you, you support the player? No. Before? I'm, I'm no, so shocked. I, for one, am absolutely flabbergasted at that. Uh, no, you're spot on. I actually want to speak about the the sort of the era of player power that we seem to be moving into a little bit later on. But I guess the first question to ask is, how long we expect Haaland to stay for? And it's a question that has no answer because, quite honestly, we don't know. He's got a five-year contract. Is he likely to, to see that out? Who knows? Genuinely, who knows? If I'm being honest, there, there is nothing, though, to suggest that Haaland will be at City for seven, eight, nine, ten years, like we've seen with a couple of players in the past, just because there's nothing from his career so far that has followed that sort of path. He's been a man who has gone to, uh, sorry, he started off Bern, I think it was the club in Norway, went to Molde, went to Salzburg, went to Dortmund. These have been short stints. And I mean, he's only 22 years old. I think I saw today he scored over 140 career goals or something like that. It's ridiculous. Um, but obviously City is now the biggest step in his career and it's a step and it's a level that he's not played at it's a country and a level he's not played at so the only way for us to find out is to wait and see I think the only comparisons we've known at City as you mentioned with David Silver and particularly Sergio Aguero who if you remember was constantly linked with a move to Real Madrid almost from following from his first season there were those those rumours and and quite it didn't happen as we know um for me I think they stayed for as long as they did, though, because their career trajectories, uh, sorry, career trajectories matched the the progression of City as a club itself. So when Aguero came through the door in what 2011-12, City had never won a, a Premier League title. They go and do that in his first season. Then they get Champions League and they're trying to build that. They find the knockouts. They go to semi-finals. They're, they're competing regularly for Premier League titles at that point, and it was sort of a constant upwards line. The only issue I can see arising with Haaland is at the moment City are quite quite literally, in my eyes, the only club capable of, of offering what he wants. In Germany, you could look at Bayern Munich as, as competing for the Champions League, although is it fun winning 10 Bundesliga titles in a row? I'd suggest Haaland isn't necessarily looking for that. He, he, he relishes, as we've seen, the competitiveness of the Premier League. La Liga is a shit show at the moment. I mean, both from a financial point of view and a sort of quality point of view, it's not a fantastic league to watch. And obviously PSG uh, have a similar issue. Serie A, there isn't really a strong, stable club at the top of their game. Juventus are a, a, a fallen giant at this point. AC Milan, potentially, but they're not going to be able to sustain it financially. So you look around Europe and City only uh, are the only one who are competing at a high level who have the finances to sort of 
pay for him because, like it or not, he's going to demand a lot of money um, and, and sort of compete on a European scale as well. And, and obviously for City, there's that there's that hurdle to get over, isn't there? City have never won a Champions League. Is Haaland the man to come and do it? He'd think so. And I guess that's the only way you can really see Haaland sticking around for such a long time if City continue to go up and up and up. Where the ceiling is for City, I don't know at this point, but that's, for me, the only way I see it being a long-term project for Haaland as opposed to, say, three, four years. Yeah, I mean, this all depends on what he wants, right? Does he want to be somebody that is dominating at the highest level or just dominating in different places? Because he could Mm -hmm. dominate at the highest level, but the highest level right now is the Premier League. There's Mm -hmm. no If you are at a high level in the Premier League, at a club like Liverpool, City, United, there's nowhere really to go but down. And I hate yeah. I don't like that. At the moment, that's the case. I don't like that. I, I I want La Liga to be great again. I want Serie A to be great again. I don't want um the Premier League to be hoarding all of football's wealth and talent, but that is mm. the case right now. There's nowhere to go, right? Unless he thinks you know, I'm another superstar. I'll head to La Liga and I'll make su- I'll make La Liga a superstar rich league again. You know, maybe Mbappe goes there as well, and and we get those kinds of stars again, like we had with Messi and 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 Ronaldo. Um, but you're spot on with the with the bit about City's trajectory and how people like Yaya Torre, David Silva, Sergio Aguero they they came in and they grew with the club. Um, with Holland, I think the next kind of step that City as a club take is becoming a club that have superstars alongside success. Because mm. up to this point, we haven't been a club that have had superstars in the team. You know, we've had a lot of success on the field, obviously, but we don't see players like Neymar, Mbappe, um, and players like that, that that come to City. But with Holland, we do now. You know, we've seen these reports that. Um, in the month of August alone, City sold more kits than they sold in all of last season. Holland is a big part of that. Yeah. You know, like we, yeah. we have this guy now that and I don't I don't necessarily and I'm gonna might be a little harsh here, I don't enjoy or respect the type of fan that just follows a player and they don't have any sort of loyalty mm. to a club. They just go where I have a, a guy I went to high school with, great guy, love him to death, but he is a Ronaldo fan and he <laughs> I remember him texting me in that 24 hours when Ronaldo looked like he was signing for City and he was like, so tell me about City. What do I What do I need to know? And I just like – but point being, we have a player like that now. Holland yeah, is going to be yeah. this generation's you know, Ronaldo or Messi or wh- however you want to label him. Um, so is that the club's next step is becoming one of those massive clubs? Because let's be honest, mm. we're successful. We're not on the level of United and – and and Bayern Munich and and Real Madrid with it being this huge global club, we're getting there. Whether or not you want to get there is is a different yeah. conversation. I have you know my own opinions about that, um, but that's that's where City are heading, and maybe that's where Holland is heading. And and there is this kind of um, you know the symbiotic relationship with Holland growing into a superstar as City grow into a global superstar club. Um, but yeah, I mean, that all depends on, like I said, what he wants to do. He might be somebody that, like Pep Guardiola, that says, 
I want my success here. I want to get some there. I want to prove that I can do this everywhere, that I'm not somebody that dominates in one place. I'm somebody that owns football. And Holland might be that kind of person. And if he is, fine. There's a saying in American sports, you play for the name, and this obviously doesn't work as well with with football kits as it does with American sports uniforms but you play for the name on the front of the jersey not the name on the back is a saying and that's how i view football i don't care who plays for city as long as they play for city once they leave i couldn't give a fuck about them and that's Mm. unfortunately going to be the case for holland if he leaves in three years he just becomes another city player that was great and i stopped thinking about him um i might be in the minority there but that's kind of how i feel about it but like i said this kind of all depends on what he wants out of his career. Mm. Yeah, certainly. Um, lots unpack there. Um, I suppose the easiest one to say is you play for the badge on the front, not the name on the back would be a, a translation. And, and it's spot on, isn't it? It's it's that sort of... It's going to be difficult, whatever. So, so two seasons will go by. Harland will, will be here. He'll score lots of goals. That, that's a given. The third season, I feel, is like when there's going to be a lot of, a lot of talk. Whether or not at that point City have already triggered a new contract whether or not there's an option to trigger a new contract i don't know i'm not privy to that information um i'm sure i'm sure details will come out about it as we in due course i guess we'll move on then and and speak about the the environment in which this is taking place in and obviously you you alluded to the comments from from alfie harland which i think were a little bit taken out of context which isn't a, a new a new phenomenon by any means but i think it was from a, a documentary that was released in norway and and it was before he arrived at city saying that oh sorry in between signing for city and, and playing for city there was this uh there's this comment from alfie harland about how he, Erling could be a player who goes from the Premier League to Serie A to La Liga to Ligue 1 or back to the Bundesliga, whatever it may be. Obviously, circumstance dictates that. And if La Liga is still floundering or Serie A isn't as competitive or Ligue 1 is still being won every year by Paris Saint-Germain, Erling Haaland might look at it and go, well, what's the point? You know, <laughs> literally, what's the point? I'm having such a good time here and it may not last forever. It may it may f- uh, fizzle out come this season. I don't know. Um, but we are in a, in a world now where footballers own their destiny in terms of who they play for. Release clauses, I think it's important to note again, are not there to stitch the club up. They're more there to protect the player. And if you look at another player City were linked with in Harry Kane, now we couldn't even, we may not have even been having this chat if, if the Harry Kane transfer went through. But there's that infamous photo, isn't there, of, of Harry Kane's brother Charlie at the desk where it looks like there's been an oil spill all over his desk with whatever that monstrous cover is on his on his um in his office. And that sort of that era, that that sorry, that that saga that went on with Harry Kane highlighted perfectly why it's important for players to have their own contracts suited to them. And we've seen it a few times in the last few years, players running down the contracts, leaving on a on a free. I'm almost certain. I'm, I'm I would bet a lot of money on it. City in the next five years will sign a world superstar. Now, I don't know the names because players might emerge, players might sort of drop off, and I'm not going to predict who it will be, but I'm almost certain City will sign a world-class superstar on a free contract because that's just how it is. And I'm almost certain City will lose a world-class player on a free contract at some point as well, or at least, you know, a cutthroat price as we may have seen with Sterling and Jesus. That's just where we're at. Look at Kylian Mbappe's 
contract at PSG in the summer. It's absurd. You know, there's jokes that he's the sporting director of PSG, but he does have that sort of power over the club. And that's just where we're at. Don't be surprised to see City extend Erling Haaland's contract and Erling Haaland's representative or, or the player himself have a stranglehold over the club. That's just where we are. It's what we have to come to accept because that's the sort of environment we're living in. Yeah, and it's important to point out that these contracts are are going to be fluid. You know, he's got this current deal with the current release clause of, you know, whatever, 200 million pounds. There's mm. obviously been a couple of different numbers kind of bounced around. Um, but as he continues to play the way he's playing, these contracts are going to be renegotiated. The release clause is going to go up. And, and City are going to look at this and say, you know, we valued you at, at – you know, 175 million pounds when we signed you. Now you've scored 65 goals in one single season. That release <laughs> clause has got to go up to 250 now. Yeah. And he's going to do it again the next season. They're going to say, you know what, this this has got to go up. So yeah, I mean, these, these contract situations are fluid and he's going to continue to extend and there's going to be negotiations going on behind the scenes. And um, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. But, but like I said, I um, I care more about the club and... If he wants to leave, I do not like players staying that don't mm. want to be at the club. And one thing I would worry about, I'm not saying this is going to happen with Holland. I would be worried that every two or so years with Holland, we get this summer of this release clause is active now. What's yeah. going to happen? And we have these insane sagas that City have been have done really well to avoid in the modern yeah. era. There's been a few, you know, you've had crazy sagas that weren't really a transfer saga, but you've had the Carlos Tevez saga in in the early days of Mancini. You had, um, you know, Leroy Sané. You had Aguero from somewhat, um, Ferran Torres somewhat. They've done really, really well to avoid these types of sagas. Obviously, we had the Harry Kane one, and that was that was a shit show, and that was very uncity like. But that's that's something I wouldn't want to be mm. um, a part of as a city fan is is to deal with this kind of every summer is he going is he staying and all these stories and links and um, I wouldn't want city to be a part of that I don't think city want to be a part of that um, mm. so that's that's probably one thing to consider here. Yeah, but Bernardo Silva another one um, in that sort of same mold um, that you've just mentioned. Last sort of point on it then, how important is the impact of Guardiola's contracts in all of this, because I feel like it's still an elephant in the room to a certain degree, because currently, as we know, his contract is set to expire at the end of this current season. All all accounts, all fingers, all indications point towards the fact that he will probably extend during the World Cup break. For me, it made sense to extend it before the season started. I don't think you should let a manager like Guardiola go into the final year of his contract. It opens up a, a few kind of worms. But with that World Cup break, opens up the opportunity for a four-week, five-week period to sit down and, and sort of talk through things. Um, 2025, 2026 are the two years sort of being hinted at. He's obviously already smashed his own record for time spent in management at a singular club with City. But until he signs that new deal, for me, there's always that fear that he could walk away. So for me... The the time Erling Haaland spends at Manchester City is directly linked to however long Pep Guardiola stays. Because I, I, 
if Haaland did the decade or whatever, it goes without saying he's going to outlive Pep at City. But if, for example, Guardiola was to leave at the end of this current season, I think that year three release clause starts to look a little bit precarious if City go through a... I'm not suggesting it will be anything like United's or Liverpool's or, or Chelsea or Arsenal, but there'll be a transition period. It will be natural. If City aren't at the top of the game, that's when the issue comes in the fact that Haaland will want to be playing at the club in Europe. If that isn't City that's when this release clause chat will probably start to pick up if Pep Guardiola uh, doesn't extend his contract. Yeah, it's interesting because we've had a lot of players in the past where we've had these discussions, like um, how much of of an impact Guardiola's presence at the club has in the transfer market for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I start to wonder if Erling Holland becomes bigger than Pep Guardiola and instead of it being Erling Holland's future at the club or, or Pep Guardiola's future at the club impacts Erling Holland's I think it might become <laughs> the other way around. Yeah. I think it's if you know Erling comes in and knocks on Pep's door and says I want to stay here for a decade and I want I want to own English football. I don't <sighs> see Pep Guardiola being able to turn that down, yeah, given what we've yeah. seen in the first, you know, you saw his reaction in the, I get, think it was the Copenhagen game yeah, where he scored yeah. that goal. And, and there's obviously that very viral video of, of Pep just like kind of doing what we've all been doing, just kind of laughing and being like, yeah. what the fuck? What, what have I yeah. got my hands on here? Um, so, yeah, I think your question was how much does Guardiola's contract impact this i wonder if it's how much does erling holland's future impact guardiola's future interesting interesting you, you get the sense that guardiola is loving erling Haaland for the for the reason that i think with guardiola anyone who knows him anyone who studied him knows that he is He's, he's the biggest control freak in the world in the in the positive sense. Every single aspect of football has to be controlled. And you saw his emotions after the Villa game final final match of last season, where he completely lost it because that was that was completely out of his control for possibly the first time in his managerial history, that bedlam was completely uncontrollable. And that's carried over to this season. And, and you get the sense that he's able to, whether or not he likes it or not, whether or not he feels a little bit out of sort of out of um, out of the loop, sort of uh, a little bit, a little bit surrendered in a sense that he he's able to be a little bit more of a fan. He can sort of, uh, and by fan I mean a supporter, not the sort of the device that blows out cool air. Um, but you you get the sense that he's he's really enjoying it, and and he's sort of he's loving the fact Erling Haaland is here. And I think you've probably spot on that it is it, probably the, the two are intrinsically linked. And and if uh, if Erling Haaland wants to do a runner, then Guardiola might do as well. And if Guardiola wants to do a runner then Harlem might do as well. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully we won't be having that chat for a number of years to come. But um, other than that, I think that will probably do for today's show. Another lazy Copenhagen preview. Players will play. Some players won't. City might win the game. We'll be favourites to win the game. We'll probably score a few goals. Harland will probably be on the score sheet as well. Um, I don't think there's anything else to add other than that. No, I mean, obviously, we'll be back to to look more at the Liverpool game in the coming days. Yeah, sounds like a good plan. One that we probably all should uh, all should follow suit. Um, yeah, um, we'll be back after the Copenhagen game. We'll be previewing Liverpool at some point this week as well. 
a little bit of a different episode in terms of uh, reviewing the football. But as we've said multiple times, there'll be more exciting games this season, it's safe to say. Um, until next time then, I've been Amos Murphy. That's been Adam Booker. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. Follow this podcast wherever you get it from. All that lovely business. Leave a rating, leave a review, share it amongst your friendship groups. And we will see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.